flags in 100 years. That shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Thursday, the 2nd of April. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. I am Charlie Clawson, and yes, you're hearing right. I'm doing an intro because uh, Will is out this week uh, with general soreness. Uh, he's listed as being two weeks. We'll have an injury update uh, later on. I think maybe he's just avoiding talking about the Bulldogs. So in his place, we have the very esteemed Adam Spencer. Thank you, Spence. Well, he's been he's been listed as unavailable, but I don't know if you're bluffing. I think he might. Anderson oh, might still play. You think we might risk a fine? Anderson we'll play, might play still play. We the, won't name him, but the we'll play. The whisper him. I'm hearing is he is very close to up and about, and you just you 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 know that the listener is now preparing themselves mentally yeah. for a podcast without him. Then you're going to spring Anderson on him at the last yeah. second. <laughs> Well, it's, you're actually not a bad replacement because Will is having a kind of year that you're having with the teams you support. And uh, it's interesting for about the Swans because mm. for, I think everyone, it's widely acknowledged now that the Swans are either in a rebuild or in a reconstruction or a reimagining, whatever the kind of uh, the term you use when you don't want to lose members. Or Will Anderson-like, we're just foxing at the moment about to... No, I think... Uh, <laughs> There's, I think there's a wall, and I think there's some writing on it, and there's been there for a little while. I, for me, uh, you know, the precipitous nature of the decline might come as a surprise. Think about last year. In the last game of last year, of the regular season, we had Buddy and Luke Parker both pull out right before the game. Mm. We lost to Hawthorne on the last kick of the game. Most objective media who saw it said if either of those guys had played, we probably would have got past them. Yeah, We would have finished fourth. Yeah. So we were a kick Which away. would have made this season even more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were but I, I think you'll look back in a couple of years more and say that what we got out of the team in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen was pretty impressive mm. rather than G twenty nineteen is just an unbelievable capitulation. I think for 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 the mob we had last year, and everyone, I'm not gonna make mm. excuses. The mob we had last year, the injury concerns we had to be a kick away from finishing fourth was as good as you could possibly have got out of that group Yeah, of and you were playing grand finals like less than three years ago. Yes, exactly. As well. We'll talk about that for as long as you want. So tell me a little bit about how you got into the Swans. Now, my memory of you, when I first met you early 2000s at the Jays, I could have sworn you were a Carlton supporter. Is that true? So I grew up in Sydney. Yeah. I grew up in Balmain territory in the uh, NRL. They're now called the Wests Tigers. Yeah. One of the most... Un- fashionable not the plural in wests just makes no sense I'm trying to pronounce that name but so my dad was it's a good point never thought of that my dad was died in the wool rugby league fan my dad used to say that 1969 was the best year of his life his first child was born he got his first real six string yeah. <laughs> first child was born and uh and uh balmain won the grand final and he used to joke and don't ask me to rank those two events, right? He loved the Tigers. And I grew up sitting on the hill watching Larry Corowa, the Black Flash, back when you could give someone a nickname yeah, that mentioned their skin colour. It's problematic <laughs> yeah. these days. The great Larry Corowa flying down the wing. I remember not being, every time he'd get the ball, everyone would stand up. And as kids, we couldn't see the game for a few seconds because yeah. you just couldn't see through the sea of people. So I was rugby league. But I remember in the late 1970s, the AFL were playing some demonstration games occasionally in Sydney. Right. Possibly as the precursor to thinking a team might eventually move there. My dad, the first game of footy I ever saw, my dad took me along to see St Kilda play Carlton mm-hmm. at the SCG. 
I thought I'd. I'd support. Was this in an, an off season? Like no, a, no, it's a regular competition. Right, game. So like they do now, where yeah. they'll go play over exactly. China or whatever. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, we were Sydney was the, <laughs> the China, China at the nineteen seventies. And I thought, uh, I thought I'll support the team in black. Yeah. Turns out it was actually a very dark blue. Yeah. And I supported Carlton that day, and they won. And so my sort of tenuous following of football was based around them for yeah. a while. Still a league guy when the Swans came to town, so never really got into it. Yeah. Remember in nineteen ninety nine, I think it was when Carlton beat Essendon. Essendon in the prelim by yeah. a point and yeah. Fraser Brown does the big tackle and yeah. all that. I was still supporting Carlton. I was at that game and right. pretty excited. So you were, were you uh, 50-50 on NRL and AFL through that period? Or was yeah, one, for a lot of rugby, league, one wooing a lot of rugby league supporters who don't really follow the game anymore talk about the Super League schism. In oh, the 1990s, yeah. there was a big... They basically ran two competitions at the one time. Yeah. It was totally weird. And your favourite player was now playing in a different competition for the Adelaide Rams and, and other, you know, stalwarts of the rugby league. There was a Perth team and all this, and it went it went horribly wrong. I remember that. It's funny. That's... And that that turned a lot of people off the game. And these days, and I, I, I find rugby league a little bit bored. I, th- I think rugby league is the single football code. Was that Murdoch behind that? No, yeah, it was yeah, Packer. Yeah, oh, it, yeah, was no, it was Murdoch. It was a Murdoch drive to do the same sort of, you know, one-day cricket jazzing yeah. up. But I think rugby league is the single football code that has struggled most with the transition to complete professionalism. Right. There's just too many guys on the field for my liking. They're, they're now, like back in the old days when I used to like rugby league, about 10 minutes into the second half when the cigarette you'd had at halftime started to kick in, the fat guys would slow down <laughs> yeah, right. and the smaller guys could weave their magic. Now you've got 120 kilo wingers. Yeah, and, super athletes. And and all they can do is get down there, bombing in the air, 15 guys jump up, throw their arms at it and and... You know, in AFL, you know, umpires make mistakes all the time and you bag them and all that, but you can go a whole season and not see a game that's determined by an umpiring error Mm. and certainly not see a game where you can say, hand on heart, we would have won if it wasn't for the umpiring. Mm. Rugby league's managed to concentrate all the controversy in the only part of the game that matters, the super slow-mo down of some guy diving. and, and, And you'll hear the commentator saying, well, his arm was moving backwards from an offside position, but it contacted the head of a player who was coming onside from having previously obstructed. A... So, what's the rule? Well, there is no fucking rule. <laughs> and 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 so, the number of times you'll see that game just going on the, uh-huh. on the Monday, just referees have ruined it. Referees, uh-huh. so it's and it's quite boring and one dimensional. Once you start to watch footy, yeah, which at the time in the seventies and eighties, television didn't do justice to. Yeah, once you start to see it live, you fall in love with it. That was my journey, but I didn't mm. really watch much of it. I remember then watching, I started to fall in love with the Swans. Mm. So what era? This is late 90s still? Uh, early 2000s. Okay, yeah. And so then, that's a good time to fall in love with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember watching Carlton play the Swans. Carlton never played at the SCG. Um, they'd always play in Melbourne. So I hadn't seen Carlton play for years. And I watched Carlton at the SCG and Brendan Favola kicked a goal. And I can remember just screaming and calling him a fuckwit and thinking... <laughs> I've come across. Okay, yeah, now, that's it. You know, I've fully transitioned to the yeah. whether it's the dark side or the force wow. or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm a swan now. The Swans reached out and did an ambassadors program, and I was on Triple J and sort of signed me up then. And mm. uh, so I've been on board. Well, well we're both. Uh, I don't know if you know uh, Adam, but I am also. I'm an ambassador for St Kilda Indeed Football Club. Are. This Indeed year is my are. first year, so coincidence. We're two dignitaries. I think not yet. Exactly. <laughs> we have diplomatic immunity yeah, when we right. visit each other. Yeah. You're in Sydney, but this hotel room is effectively St Kilda territory. That's right. That bed, the bed you're sitting yeah, on. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning not to leave for three years. It's a little piece of <laughs> yeah. a rabbit. Yeah, you're going to Julian Assange. That, today. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> 
Winston Kilda come try and extract me. I'll be out. You can't. I'm on Sydney. Sydney. This is specifically Sydney territory. Indeed. And so yeah, and that that, that transition. And you're right. I mean, it was. <laughs> it's not hard to fall in love with the Swans of the early and mid 2000s. Yeah. So that would have been around about the in between Rocket to to Ruzi, The right? end of the re, the end of Rocket at Re, the transition to Ruzi, the I formations up, of the Bloods w- culture. When you fell in love with the Swans is when I first moved to Sydney, and as a guy who was an AFL dude and could never really t- get into NRL, yeah. you do inadvertently just soak up more Swans action because it's the only, yeah. only team you read about and yeah. you can get to games really yeah. easily. And I loved going to the SCG to watch football. Such a treat. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've joked on this show before, like getting sushi at the SCG yep. was always really interesting. Yep. Uh, but it was a great place to watch football. But that Bloods culture and seeing that team come together was so exciting. Hmm. Like, it was kind of that... That Bloods culture had been like shinbone of spirit. It had been that legend of the club. But then to actually see a coach weaponize it yeah. and make the players own it and become a point of pride, like I think... And around the time that all sporting teams started to talk about having a culture yeah. and standing for something. No dickheads policy. Yeah, but to support a team who genuinely had a culture that manifested itself in the team and individuals and like the tough decisions made around Barry Hall by the team and that sort of stuff. Yeah. That, and genuinely came across in the way they played was just beautiful to yeah. watch. I mean, you got guys like Brett Kirk and Jude. Well, I was going to ask and- you. So, of that Bloods, does Paul Kelly slip into the Bloods? Even though he's kind of pre Ruzy, is he a Blood? The, the, the fascinating thing about Paul Kelly, I mean, Paul Kelly's in that transition, and we'll talk about this about you know what it's going to be like for the next couple of years for the Swans. But I was thinking, I was thinking about this thing. You know, if, if you, yeah, you know, Paul Kelly's in that early nineties time when. The Swans. There were there were a couple. He's of, grunge. Yeah, there were there were. A, he was very Kurt, very Nirvana. But he was. There were a couple of business people at the, who, who underwrote the Swans to the AFL with a, you know a million dollars each of their own money back when that was a colossal sum because mm. we were on the verge of bankruptcy. Kelly comes in and Kel wins a, a Brownlow medal during that period. Mm. You know, and 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 he's the sort of link to the 1996 grand final when it starts to... Yeah, he was the first, like, yeah, he was the first superstar you had of that era. Yeah. I mean, you had sort of Jared Healy and Greg Williams, but it wasn't... Kappa. But this was like a one, a homegrown one, a yeah. guy that you scouted and picked. Yeah, boy from Wagga. Yeah. And and, and so there's that, there's that, and then it, it, it turns in 96 and goes from there. And so, but, it, yeah. you know, people, are, you know, it, it, it's going to be a tough couple of years for the Swans, but if you said to any... Diehard Swans fan back in 1992 when we're getting 1,800 people to a game, 1,800 mm. yeah. to a game at the SCG, and they're teetering. Yeah, and half up. of those are getting plugger kicking, like when he's playing for St Kilda, yeah. kicking torpedoes yeah. at their heads, yeah. <laughs> taking three or four out. Exactly. Cheer squad. Yeah, tough days, right? Yeah. But if you were told then, okay, here's what's going to happen. We're going to get this plugger guy. We're going to get the most exciting guy in the comp. He'll yeah. break the record at your club. You'll play in a grand final in and 1996. And he'll be that marquee and then, getting through the turnstiles. And then... For 23 years, you'll make the finals in 20 of those. You'll win a couple of grand finals. You'll get burgled by the umpires in one of them. You'll lose (laughs) a couple you deserve to. You'll have multiple All Australians. You'll pick up Brownlow. So, medals. by the way, this is the speech that the devil gives you when yeah. he's when he's offering Complete, to take your the, soul. There is like, not the, at, at the end of that. Yeah. It's going to be. There's going to be a couple of years where it's going to be pretty tough. Like, yeah. there's not a Swans fan who would have broken your hand shaking on that deal. Yeah. And I don't think there's anyone outside. I mean, it would have to be in the most hardcore anti-Swans supporter to not admire the Swans. I think like everyone fell in love with that Bloods culture. And that the 2012 grand final hmm. is possibly like my favorite hmm. just because 
it was, I mean, the West Coast rivalry was amazing, but it was just the sto- the storylines going into that grand final yeah. and the Adam Goods last quarter. Yeah, yeah, and the gen... And- it was like, so unexpected. It and, was, a, and Hawthorne, who go on from that moment to yeah. show they're <laughs> one of the great teams of all time. Yeah. Like, you watch that game back, and if ever there's proof that if, if every guy on the field just does their role as well as they can, yes. you can beat anyone, yeah. it's that game. Yeah, I mean, they're... They proved themselves over the next few years to be a better team than well, anyone, well, including us. But to get over the line, that and in day, a lot of ways, and it's interesting because was Long, was Longmire an assistant under Ruse? Was that like, that was a handover yeah. a succession? Yes. Right? So that makes sense because Ruse really pioneered that ultra defensive modern coaching style that you know Ross Lyon went yeah. on to use. Now John Longmire has evolved it. But they've sort of got to the point now with the Swans where because they what they would rely on is that really dour defence. Uh, an accountability tight, winning contest. But then you get it, move it quickly in the forward line, and you have a Barry Hall or a Lance Franklin yep. or a couple of superstars yep. up forward yep. that can hurt you on the offense. But what we're seeing now is like the slowing down of your marquee player. And I would think you're also, I mean, in terms of in terms of the rule, the changes to the rules and the way that people want the game played now, which the AFL is completely entitled to do. Yeah, I don't think you could pick a team in the comp that would hurt more than us. And at the timing of age of players and experienced players and injuries starting to kick in and all that, Mm. if you were going to impose that on a team like the Swans, you couldn't pick a worse time in the cycle to do it. That we've now got a a generation of incredible number of young kids. We've played more young kids over the last three years than anyone. and, Mm. And they're coming through at a time where the experienced guys aren't as effective as they used to be in the game anyway and getting on a bit. It's just a perfect, so perfect storm. So pre-bandwagon, not that you are a bandwagoner, but there are definitely Sydney Swans bandwagons after 2005. So pre-bandwagon, what kind of crowds are you getting? So like 2000, 2001? Well, Plugger, Plugger paid for himself with the okay. crowds. So you, you were getting regular sort of but like... Plug, Plugger turned 20,000s into 25s. Okay. And now the Swans are regularly pulling 30. Yeah. Uh, but it's also that it's more than that it's the culture like I always have been surprised living here for so long and going to a lot of Swans games and seeing how the culture of the fans has developed yeah. like it used to be kind of annoying to be Victorian and seeing a game at the SCG because there was a misunderstanding of the rules they were very nice to each other yep. <laughs> like it was a very pleasant yep. place to go you'd be hassling the referees yeah, not the umpires yeah but you also felt bad when you were barracking because you felt quite uncouth compared to but now one of the most parochial kind of crowds going around it's interesting i went to a couple of games last year that you lost and it's really i've i haven't not used to that i'm not used to seeing like a like just rabid losing swan supporters i've seen rabid winning swan supporters but to see them after a loss it's like oh they haven't stopped that you've got your you've established your culture amongst the supporters the, they're the fans very love loyal it. I, don't, I don't we don't do that there are, you'll get some games in in perth and adelaide yeah where you will just hear constant booing from the crowds for the entire game. We don't do much of that. Bad decisions will have a bit of a nibble at, but you don't just get that relentless well, it's, 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 it's shouting. More, no, it's more of an arrogance. Like, it's more and of a, this, there. This, is, there this is our ground. And this is, I mean, I was at that Bulldogs game in 2016 where uh, the Bulldogs got pipped you at the post. Johannesson kicked yep. that goal. And I thought the roof was going to come off yep. the place. Yep. Like, there was so much anger because there was this expectation that we're the swans. Yep. We do not lose at home. But it's been also the beginning of a, an example of a chink in the armour was that, you know, over the last couple of years, our home record's been nothing like 
what it should be. And yeah. for me, the writing was on the wall earlier this season. And it's interesting about the media uh, concentration that you get and how as a non-Melbourne team, we just don't get the media scrutiny. And sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes that's a bad thing. But you look after four games mm. when everyone's ripping into North Melbourne, yeah. ripping into Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne beat us. Ripping into Carlton. Well, we got past Carlton, but only just. Ripping into the Bulldogs. They beat us. So in hindsight, at the time, it looked like we probably had the easiest first four weeks of just about any team in the comp. Yeah, We had the Bulldogs, Adelaide, Melbourne and Carlton. That's interesting, isn't it? That's not a tough opening four rounds and we won one of those. Now, because we don't get the sort of scrutiny, it's taken the rest of the league a few weeks to go, oh, they they could be struggling a little bit. Well, I think what it was is we gave you multiple chances to be Sydney again. It's like, oh, okay, this is a hiccup, and that happens again. Oh, it's a hiccup. It's a hiccup. But then... Yeah, it hasn't really... That's actually um, tuberculosis. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's whooping cough. Yeah, I've held this scan upside down. You actually have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's really interesting because I want to know what happens from here because I would love to see how loyal these one supporters will be if you have to dip out for hmm. a couple of years. Because uh, I went to a, a Giants game last year and I was expecting to be kind of, you know, that it would be filled with people just getting free tickets or whatever. For that fifteen thousand strong crowd, they were they knew their football. They mm. were so into mm. it, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit! Like this is the expansion team." Mm. I imagine after twenty plus years of success, you've got some like you know uh, rusted on Swans supporters now. Like you, it's not a question of survivability. Mm. Like uh, the Swans are an established mm. team. Yeah, by definition, when you go through a tough time, your crowds are going to be smaller than yeah. when you go through an easy time. What's your membership? Uh, Sixty thousand we had last Fucking year, which is the first hell. time, first time ever. I mean, this is this is the it, it's an incredible story. I mean, the, the Swans have more members. You take the NRL and the A League football. Take the top. I think you take the top three clubs there and add them together, and the Swans have more members. Now, there's a little bit of a caveat because the Western Sydney Wanderers used to play in a stadium that was limited by size. But you could add. I think it used to be the Wanderers and Souths. You'd you add have- them together. And get fifty. We had sixty. How do you? But how many seats does the SCG have? Uh, Forty-eight thousand, <laughs> completely full. But there's South Melbourne contingents. About there's, I think, I right. think it's like twelve. Okay, so you've got interstate. Yeah, yeah, about twelve thousand. I was going to say otherwise. Someone's done some amazing <laughs> marketing. <laughs> yeah, we. we yeah. <laughs> Once you get over forty-eight thousand. Yeah, well, like... we 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 we've got a lot of dead members. We've got a yeah. we've got, we, we, post the banking royal commission. <laughs> we, a few other guys who got named in the banking royal commission had been in charge of our membership. <laughs> Base for a while, and uh, <laughs> there's a few members who we are still charging fees. Membership fraud. <laughs> We're char- charging fees even though they're dead. We thought if you can do it for insurance, you can do it. Um, no, and the Swans have uh, notionally one million. When, when they when they survey Australians on what teams you support in mm-hmm. various codes, the Swans have a million supporters. So that sort of second favourite team yeah. or favourite team in a sport you don't really follow. And that's amazing in this town, in an NRL town. Yeah. That that it and and the and the AFL are are, are very you know rightly happy with what we've done, and it, and it's and it's tough. Mm. And and there's I mean there's with the uh, you would know around the SCG there's these major developments going on with uh, yeah. light rail and on. The Swans last year were training on a a, a, a patch of dirt <laughs> that at its widest was eighty two meters. <laughs> 
and you're trying to practice what you're going to do. One buddy kick. Yeah. And, well, you're practicing what you're going to do at the MCG that weekend, which is 130 metres across. And honestly, you looked at the swan, the ground we were training on this year, the swans went down to Henson Park one day, mm. and someone came along and said, no, sorry, you can't be here. <laughs> like, literally like a Sunday morning, you know, when mates are having yeah, a Sunday, yeah, yeah, someone texts, no, there's soccer no. here, let's go across yeah. to Smith. Over. Yeah. There, w- there wouldn't be reserve grade teams in the VFL. Training under those, so it's remarkably well. Buddy wasn't training though, was he? So no. that, maybe that's the real reason Buddy didn't train last yeah. year. Yeah. Because well, one of, what's the point? One kick and I've, exactly. I've done the entire, I've cleared yeah, the entire you, field. You can practice your right foot a bit, bud. Let's be honest. But um, and so and and yeah. th- th- there's a lot to love about it. There now, realistically, less people will come to the games during a tough patch. But over the last twenty years, mm. you mean those dip out crowds might be in the low 20,000s. Yeah. 20 years ago, those dip-out crowds would have been 10,000. Right. So certainly there are, there'll be fly-by-nighters and people are going to give it a bit of time, but the loyal base is is double in size what it was a decade ago. So when you fall in love with the Swans and you know in the 2000s, does that, is just through the exposure of following them, does that sort of educate you on where they came from and like past players? I mean, I knew you had an awareness, but like that deep understanding of yeah, like... Yeah, and, and, and I think it's inherent in a club that's moved. I mean, and, you know, and, and Will would know all that about the, you know, the Bulldogs and mergers and all that sort of mm. stuff. And, and, and the Saints. Something as titanic as moving to Sydney and almost being bankrupt and mm. that sort of stuff. And, the, and I do know the club are big on new kids who come in get given a copy of a book called In the Blood and you're brought up to speed. And and, yeah. and and it's one of the reasons also you're very, very, you're practically never here. In a town where every 15 seconds an NRL player is like taking a photo of his cock and yeah. just putting it on Instagram and then realising... a dog to lick his balls yeah, or something. Yeah, gee, it just never occurred to me that might have some sort of repercussions. The worst thing is a player might tackle a pig on the, on the SCG, yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but that's, you know, but there's, during a game. I, I, I genuinely think there's a sense in the group that we're custodians of this yeah. and, and if, if a few of us went out and just punched on with the cops or yeah. whatever and, and we could kill this club. It's, yeah. a, it's a tough gig in this town. The flip side for the guys, which is great, is... You would know. I mean, Buddy wouldn't be able to go to the shops in Melbourne. Yeah. Right? But you got guys I mean, like... he stands out anywhere, but... But you've got guys like Luke Parker who just go for a surf at Maroubra yeah. and the full hassle of their fandom might be a couple of times a week someone comes and goes, oh, if my son could have a photo, it would be the greatest moment in his life. Well, yeah, as, no trouble. As, as you know, because you contacted me privately, uh, Will and I didn't know who Jake Lloyd was. No. <laughs> You didn't know but who... Now, to be honest, I still can't tell you what he looks like. No, I have no idea. No. He's got brown hair? Ish. Yeah, yeah okay. That's not yeah. important. Yeah, number 44. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, fastest... Yeah. No, we've read up on him. Fastest to 100 games, yeah. uh, best yeah. and fairest. All Australian. All yeah. Australian. Don't worry yeah. about that. No. Nah. Don't let any of that worry. <laughs> We're not known for our research. Yeah. Okay, now, Spence, there's a player who's uh, captured uh, Will and I, our imagination. Well, actually, maybe the opposite. He doesn't... He's released our imagination. Okay. Who was a, a, a Swans um, legend is Jesse White. Ah, yes. The great Jesse White. What were your views on Jesse White? Do you well, want me to open that for you? Yeah, that'd be great. We, uh, we, you you talk while I open your beer for you. We're staying in the, uh, the Hilton Hotel. We're not staying together. No, I've just visited yeah. Adam like a prostitute, that's yeah. all. <laughs> well, you, you did do that. Yeah, I did. I did so that Charlie could set up the uh, equipment because I was coming from another event. Uh we, I did. I did amend my booking to attach his name to it, so that you could go down. It felt very seedy. I got to be honest with you. Can I have a key to room? Dot 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 dot. Come Although I don't know what's more embarrassing. I'm going up to your room to have sex with you for money, or I'm going up to record a podcast. Mm. <laughs> and there's no reason why it couldn't be both. Yeah. There are pot- <laughs> well, the night is young. Think about the name of your podcast, my friend. <laughs> this stuff is out there. Um, Jess, look, I, Jesse White was a great, great guy. Uh, he uh, uh, never quite realised his potential. 
with us and probably the same at Collingwood. He was one of those transition. I'm pretty sure Jesse Light was an elite basketballer who came across and just one of those guys who would show glimpses of yeah. precocious talent. Yeah, yeah, he was a tease. And just never quite. I can't remember if I've actually told this story on the podcast before, but I got uh, a friend of mine um, uh, secured us some uh, corporate tickets mm. or through the you know, Swans Coterie or whatever. And so we went out to ANZ Stadium to watch the game. And me and my friend just thought it would be fun to rag on Jesse White. Why not? For the whole game. And so we kept like, you know, uh, check your tattoos, Jesse, blah, blah. Not really clever stuff, but we just, <laughs> it was more the point was it was a running joke. Let's make fun of Jesse White. And then at the end of the game, we stood up and I hear this girl behind me go, I just wish they wouldn't pick on my poor Jesse <laughs> all game. Oh. And it was Jesse White's girlfriend. Well played. And we didn't know whether or not we should, because how do you defend it? How do you say, look, we, there was no reason yeah, we were picking on your no, boyfriend. Just, it just was yeah, fun. Yeah, we were just being dicks. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But my, my, oh, and then I, my friend who organised the tickets called me a couple of days later and said, oh, by the way, if I'm going to organise your tickets, can you not slag a player off the whole game? <laughs> if you're sitting in the wives and girlfriends section. I, I, let me tell you a quick story that unites two people we have talked about, completely unconnected to anything, but uh, yeah. uh, Plugger yeah. and, and uh, uh, Buddy Franklin. So a couple of years ago, uh, in, at the 2014 Swans Best and Fairest, uh, when Buddy's going to receive the Coleman Medal at the Bob Skilton Medal Night, and uh, Plugger uh, came along to present the Coleman Medal to Buddy, and it's just a, the crowd's just going wild, yeah. and and I, I as the MC of the night get to ask a few questions of Plugger. Was this Skinny Plugger? Uh, this is no, this was the last. Um, uh, uh, this is the last of the old plugger. Okay. And he, last came, of the he, old he plugger. came back a year later and everyone thought, oh my God, he's yeah. dying. Pie cut plugger. Yeah. Uh, but he, I got to interview plugger, which was just wonderful. Yeah. I asked him the questions and the crowd are just loving every second of it. And I asked him a bit about, you know, let's be honest, someone like this man, you're about to present the medal to the modern day full forward, hmm. a lot more mobile, different to the. You, you, the game has evolved, hasn't it, Tony? And plugger's reflecting on it, you know, and he, he said in front of this crowd, you know, mate, sometimes I see Buddy run down to the defensive 50 to get the ball. When I was playing, mate, I didn't go that far on fucking holidays. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand people just go, oh, pluggers drop the F-bomb. I can die happy. There's so many of those players, though, from that era. Like, there was no defensive side to the game. That was the... You just isolate your superstar, like Gary Ablett or Jason yeah. Dunstall and Plugger. I mean, I used, I grew up watching Plugger at Moorabbin, yeah. like, which when it was like suburban football, essentially. And it was unfair what he was able to do to defenders. He was just that big and strong yeah. and terrifying. Brutal. Like, it was his physicality. Because he... What would he be? 6'3"? Not actually really that huge by today's standards. But... But he was just... He must have been 110 kegs. Yeah, definitely. I Ryan, mean, I think they'd enlisted at 101, but that can't be right. Fitzy tells a great story about when his first year at the Swans, he's just been drafted and he's there and he's doing a tour of the rooms and, and down the end of the corridor, he just hears this, yeah! and people are clapping and cheering. And he walks down into the dressing room and there's Plunger with a cricket bat and he's raising it <laughs> and turning around like he's just, you know, he had just, he had just recorded his first ever total... Skin, skin test scores of a hundred plus, <laughs> and he was saluting the crowd to a round of applause yeah. from his fellow players. The game has changed. So, what was the story with his weight loss? Was there? Did he? Did you? Was there an inside? Because he went back to the Swans and was doing some goal kicking yep. and coaching. Right? Plug is a very, very focused guy, right. and he knows a few of the Swans' quite senior management. 
and one of them one day said offhand that he thought Plugger had packed on a couple of kilos. And from what I understand, with just a drive and focus and determination, just lost it. Right. And looks it looks unbe- unbelievable. He looks unrecognisable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, go- almost ghostly. Yeah. But, but incredibly. You see photos of him taking a few kicking drills at the SCG and getting Still the thigh the up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's it's the great what if, isn't it? What if, if he <laughs> if he'd actually lost that weight when he was a player? But was he the, could have been a Buddy Franklin maybe? Or, Who knows? But, but was it the extra twenty kilos bearing down on you when you're the when you're the defender dropping back into the hole well, that made him so scary? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing about Plugger that often gets overlooked is he was really skillful and fucking yeah. quick, like yeah. quick over twenty meters. Yeah. So. I mean, if he had lost that weight, then maybe he turns into, I don't know, I mean, it's probably not a great comparison, but like a Jordan Degoe. Yeah. Someone like that. Like, or probably more like Gaz Senior. The, That's who I reckon he would have been like. On the night when he was presenting the award to Buddy, I was ruminating, you know, reflecting on his career, and he won a few Coleman medals himself. There was one year where Plugger kicked, I'm, I'm remembering the numbers, there's one year where Plugger kicked 137 goals and didn't win the Coleman medal. Was that playing Dun- for the Saints or Swans? Dun- for the Saints, yeah, and that's right. Dunstall kicks one hundred and forty-one, yeah, and c- and could have kicked and could have kicked one hundred and fifty, but it was a game against Richmond. He kicked seventeen and then handballed off yeah. two of them or yeah. something but, like that. But but imagine kicking one hundred and thirty-seven. Imagine not a year where two players go over one hundred and thirty goals. And the and the flip side of that, there's the great story about Rod Carter, Rod the Tilt, <laughs> Tilt Carter, Carter from the Swans, whose yeah, nickname yeah. was Tilt because he tilted his head to the side, yeah. and he was he was your full back back in those days, and would often play a game where he didn't leave the defensive 50. Yeah. He holds the AFL record for longest streak of games before his first goal. Right. And Tilt Carter kicks his only career goal in something like his 281st <laughs> game because he's just tagging, he's just on this forward who eventually runs back uh, and, and Tilt goes with him and with him and with him and suddenly takes a mark inside 50 and kicks a goal. And as he's jogging with this guy back up to the other goal square... And the crowd are just losing it. And the other guy says, it's your first goal, isn't it? Yeah. How many games? Oh, I think it's 280. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I'm going to be the trivia you're, you're question. The guy. Yeah. I'm the guy. <laughs> so, mate, they're, they're an amazing club and they're great. But the other day when, when, when it was clear what was going on, my daughter, my 14-year-old, mm. who's loved them for like four years and like passionately loves them, and I said, I think, I think it's going to be a tough couple of years, you know. Mm. And she said... How old is she? 14? 14. All right, so she's only known success. Yeah. Dad, we're, well, I'm going to keep supporting. We're going to keep going to the games. And she said, it would be disloyal oh, yeah. not to. They got to oh. tell her tell her, she, tell her, her not to do it. <laughs> she's a, I'm tell, tell her that if... Just get out. Get on. Oh, she still can. Get on she's, GWS she's a, now. Jump off. Get jump on. off the ship. Well, we had um, Alex Williams on the show last year, uh, who was a Richmond supporter. Mm-hmm. Right up until 2016, and then jumped onto GWS, <laughs> and then oh. a year later, <laughs> Richmond win the flag. Oh. Uh, I always wonder that. Like, I mean, I've never felt capable of leaving the Saints. I do think there is a loyalty thing. Mm. I also think I'm just too far gone now. Yeah. Like, it, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. it's like I, I think about that with I've been, you know, uh, with my wife now for 15 years. It's like. Oh, imagine being single again, like and having to talk be, to people. What careful. the fuck am I okay, going to do? I, I, no, no. I thought you were saying it because I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking about jumping no, no. across, the, but the I've idea, invested so much. The idea just terrifies me because, mm. like, oh, I can't be bothered starting up a conversation. Same with the football club. I've got to get to know these players and, well, and could what's you, their culture. And, and, and could you? And I mean, the, like, I, I had an, I had an interest in football mm. that manifested itself in caring more about how Carlton was going than 
not yeah. like, than, than other teams, and I could probably name the years they won grand finals mm. in the period that I knew about them, but there was no deep investment. Well, that's a thing, and there's also the flip side of if you've been following a team for a long time, it's not just about the wins and the premierships, although I imagine that must be... Let yeah, me just trust take a me. moment just to think no, about trust that. Me, it must be amazing. It's pretty good. <laughs> in 2012, I was at the grand final in 2012, and it is miraculous, and it's just everything. Were you there 2005 as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's goodsy on one leg and and the whole thing, and got to party late at night with the guys yeah. and all that, but got, got flew back. Got an upgrade on the way. So I fly back business class. <laughs> I'm going, this is ridiculous. And drinking on the plane, I get home, turn the TV on, and Fox Footy, as you know, just shows literally the ball is bouncing in the grand final on their replay of it. So I just watch that. Uh, and then amazing. they just they show it again immediately after. Uh, right. So I tape it the first time, uh, so I've got the full game. Yeah. The second time, I watch it, and I only hit record with... 15 minutes to go when we're two goals down and we kick. So that's my executive. So so if I don't... and for Running short on time, you want a quickie? For for about... And honestly, honestly, a month later, I could roll that, the 15-minute thing, and I could commentate it in advance. Uh. Goes back, Roberts Thompson, watch this handball from LRT Mm. to Hanover and just just like burning it into my DNA. There was a period of time... uh where if you visited Will's place, you would be shown highlights from the grand final. I remember Scott Dooley uh, texting me, um, Scott Dooley uh, playing James Heard in the upcoming James Heard yes, biopic. absolutely. Uh, texted me to say he'd spent New Year's at, at Will's place and oh, he said, you know, I'd been in the house less than five minutes before Will took me to his office to oh, show me the last quarter oh, of the 2016 grand final. New Year's Eve, oh, <laughs> that's a tough ask. Yeah, but I just... Wonder what that must feel like. I mean, I, I have so much envy, but at the same time, do I don't you know have any, any different. Do you have any sense with the way your boys are tracking now this year or sometime soon? You uh, could be potentially. No, it's just this year is like a real anomaly because everyone wrote us off. We were tracking quite well 2016, 2017. I think it was 11, 12 wins and 10 wins or 12 and 11 or something like that. And then last year, Really fucking had a terrible year. I saw headlines at the beginning of this year saying a, sw- a Saints wooden spoon is inevitable. Yes. Yeah, and it's still good, be. I mean, who knows what inevitable. the fuck happens. And also, well, because you look at what happened, though. Before we even bounced the ball, Hanabry uh, is being rebuilt. Carlisle's out. Robertin's out. Um, you know, none of our draft picks. We drafted kids that were still in rehab last year. We had nothing really going for us. but And that's injury rehab. Injury, yeah. It's yeah, not, exactly. Not, not NRL. Not meth. Rehab, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it looks. He's lost a lot of weight in the off season. <laughs> but even as a Saints supporter, like I, I, I sort of bought into the narrative. But then I saw a couple of preseasons game, preseason games, and was like, well, maybe we're not as bad. And the competition is so close this year. Oh yeah, that it doesn't take much for you to fall up, fall down, or climb up. Yeah, I mean, for, do, do you remember North Melbourne last year with a surprise packet? And now look at them. Yeah, for me, I, I, I struggle to see a grand final outside of the four teams. Geelong, Collingwood, Collingwood Richmond, Richmond, GWS. GWS. Yeah. There's an argument that if things bounce the right way, West Coast at home are tough and could upset that apple cup. But I, having seen enough of this season, I can't... I, you're going to go very Actually, close. A Geelong, GWS grand final, you're going to go very close to that. I wonder... I mean, a Richmond are a better chance than, than West Coast? I mean, West Coast are the premiers and Richmond have injuries. So it's bizarre that we both... 
had those them in our top four and not West Coast. Yeah, there seems to be a sense to which people have... The, the games Richmond have lost are a little bit more, yeah, well, your best fullback went down last mm. week, etc. West Coast, is there a degree to which people have worked them out? Well, I think that we were also surprised with them being good. Yeah. Like it came... Uh, they uh, The last few years, well, maybe not with Richmond, but Bulldogs and West Coast, it felt like two teams arrived ahead of schedule. Like West Coast... West Coast are a very solid team. When you look at... Really your, good, your, and like, they've got the home ground advantage. Yeah, you can't, you can't have, you know, Gaff and Yo and um, Sharon Byrne and Sharon. Uh, yeah and um and and, and Shuey yeah. and and Kennedy yeah. in a bad team yeah that's there, true there's a lot of class there yeah i know but i think it was just more with my good mate will Schofield. Why is he your good mate? Because I, I caught up with him i caught up with will so oh was, you asked him about the socks i was in perth last year <laughs> And having, and I'd, I'd done a gig at at at, uh, at the uh, casino venue in Perth, and um, if you want to hire me for any gigs, Adam Spencer, Adam at adamspencer.com.au, one of the best in the business. And uh, I'd uh, done a gig and was treating myself to dinner in the restaurant there, and a woman I'd known from years ago said hi, mm. and and I, and I great to see her, and they literally <laughs> sat down next to me and started a conversation. She introduced me to her boyfriend. Uh, Will and I think I contacted you guys and said it in, in, in the spirit of two guys one cup. Yeah, I had no idea who he was. What do you do with yourself? I play uh, I'm, I'm football. Oh, really? When you, I play? Oh, really? For West Coast? Oh, Will, nice to meet you, Will Schofield. Great. <laughs> Desperately trying to remember his name. We had a couple. Of, I had a couple of drinks. He had a big game coming that weekend, so he wasn't drinking. And then I look. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He's a. He's a. He's a bit of Jake Lloyd. I'm trying to think of what he looks like. Is he Will's blonde or is he brunette? Balding, bearded, fullback plays alongside Shannon Hearn, does a lot of run off the back. No fucking idea who that yeah, is. Okay. Handy Did play. He played in the grand final last handy year. He played in the grand final okay. last year. He was one of the guys <laughs> he was one of the guys switching forward. Yeah. Uh, and when, uh, they, you know, when, when they almost got caught out, that yeah, was because yeah. he was transitioning. Oh, that's forward. right. He was the guy who did the interview who talked about it was his plan so to run up through the middle to kick the goal, to kick the winning goal. That goal. is the some of. I don't know if we've talked about that. That audio is some of the amazing. most amazing. Because you know insight. it's a close game. It's a, you know it's a close game. Yeah. But there are so many toss of the coin moments in the last couple of yeah. weeks of that game, and he's racing forward, and but McGovern just shanks one and puts it straight down a column of guy's throat mm. and Will Schofield's fifty meters yeah. out of position. Yeah, no man's land. Doing everything he can to think. I'm <clears throat> I'm the guy. I'm going to be the guy, oh my God, this is not going to look good on the Monday review. Yeah. But I asked him about Sockgate yep. that night. And he he, you know, gave, he was he was the one who explained that at West Coast. And he was like, finally. I yeah. mean, I know I've just played in a winning grand final yeah. team, but finally no, someone's asking he, he me was about the, he was the guy, Socks. He, he was the one who explained that with West Coast, they, they are so big on the Socks, they make you think about, you know, the people who have to clean up your Socks and that sort of yeah. stuff. So they'll send messages around the group occasionally saying, <laughs> Socks last week, not good enough. And maybe it's that sort of culture and bite. For us, it was the Bloods with them. <laughs> just that think about the dude who's got to pick up your dirty socks. That's apparently that's the Port Adelaide philosophy as well. Ken, Ken Hinckley's big on pick up your pick up your rubbish. Well, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, the whole, it's the whole All Black thing. The All Blacks, the two most senior players in the All Blacks, stay around after Test matches and clean the dressing room. Right, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas at Melbourne, they hire, they get some staff. <laughs> and yeah. Where they'll get uh, Peter Dutton to organise a visa to get some... <laughs> they get an au pair. Yeah. <laughs> to come over and mind their kids after a game. Yeah. Uh, so who are your... I mean, is it's hard to go past Geelong. Do you have any other kind of, like, fancies on this year? Who have you liked? At, look, 
at their best, GWS are remarkably good. Mm, injuries are. It's well, it's in, I've always found it interesting with GWS how of, of at their best they're as good or better than any team in the comp when they are firing. There's mm. just so much skill in that. I remember a couple yeah. of years ago in 2017 we beat GWS at GWS. Big game, buddy kicks massive goal, and people said, you know. Oh, yeah, a few injuries for GWS. And I remember looking up the details at the time and tweeted that that GWS, that injury-ravaged GWS <laughs> team who we beat a couple of years ago in a game, on the night that they were injury-ravaged, had players who had been in their respective draft years pick 1, 1, 1, 1, 2, 4, 5, 7, 9, 11, <laughs> 13 or something. Like 12 guys who were top 10 or on the border of top 10, plus two guys who'd won, sorry, three guys who'd won five grand finals between them. Yeah. Mumford, Shaw, Stevie Johnson. Inter- but the, 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 the list they've got, mm. even having lost a couple of guys, is just phenomenal. Stunt. Like the Ferrari, mate. Unbelievable. The interesting thing with them is you see the occasional game where you, you, you sometimes wonder. If you've got so many guys on the paddock who've been the very best player in every team they've ever played in, so they haven't been the guy whose job has been throw your body on the ball and get the shit kicked out of you here because we just you know take a hit for the team. And I'm not saying they're not scared or soft, but I don't know if it's in the DNA of a lot of their mm. players to just selflessly. They're all creatives. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and don't have a lot of kind of role player. And they're never the guy whose job has been to take a bullet for <laughs> other guys in the team. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. And 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 and, and 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 some of your team need guys like that. Yeah. Most of your great teams have players who've never been the best player. It's in like any. the dream team, you know, like the US dream team. Who do you bench? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And but most great teams have grunt players who know my job. You know, who, who are fight, think, fighting for their spot. They're every getting week. that. Like they, that's drafting. Um, Ah, oh, DeBoer. I always go Matt DeBoer. Mm. It's DeBoer, not DeBoer, right? Yeah. Players like that. And I think you'll see more, as they lose more and more of their Dylan Shield types, because they will get cherry-picked for the mm. next couple of years. I think that they will be, well, but they, a, they can be smart in terms of... But there's a window for them right now. Like a couple, oh, yeah. a couple of years ago when those brilliant players were 23, 24, they're now 26, 27. Yeah. If they don't do it, it, it this could be disastrous. If they go through this era without a flag then it's a really hard sell yeah. to be the second team in Sydney starting from scratch and to get people excited yeah. again. I mean, it sounds bizarre, but I would, as long as the Saints can win one first, I'm happy to see. <laughs> like if GWS win one, I'll be like, for fuck's sake, there's yeah. another yeah. team. Yeah. They've invented a team. They've invented who... a team that's won a flag. <laughs> yeah. And my yeah. fucking... Yeah. Um, yeah, when, when the great GWS Frio rivalry <laughs> finally ends after five consecutive the Gold grand Coast finals. GWS <laughs> yeah. uh, well, dynasty. When, when the Frio... GWS era ends because the surprise back at Gold, Gold Coast has come storming in. Knock out, knock out the Northern Territory demons in the prelim. I, I want to see GWS succeed, and not just because you know I love AFL, but I actually, like I said, when I went to that game last year, I was really impressed with because I started off just sitting in the outer with the with the regular supporters, and then um, Alex took me into like because mm. he's a member and an ambassador, and so I got to meet all their kind of like insiders. I'm not insiders, but they're you know people in that uh, members and, mm. and 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 whatever. Um, and they were 
I guess they, I'm assuming a lot of them were kind of uh, expats or, you know, like yep. yourself had barracked for another team, but now they're in Sydney. But they were like, they knew their shit. Like I didn't hear any idiotic, idiotic comments. No. They, they were very passionate and they were very... I, I, for me, my limited experience with Jed West, the, the passion of the fans can't be questioned. The knowledge can't be questioned. You sometimes look at the size of the home crowd mm. and you and, and it, it's so hard building from nothing. But I sometimes want, you'll see them play a genuine top four contender at home in a prime time mm. and the crowd's 12,000 yeah. and you wonder how yeah, far how far along know, the journey should you be before you're pulling at least yeah, regularly it, filling a 19,000 seat stadium. Well, I guess how long did it take the Swans to get to that? Oh, I guess you had the Jared Healy era, Healy era which kind of... And and, and also, I don't... I, it, it's, and that Warwick Kappa would have packed him in. And I think it's it's tough to compare across eras about how all that, you know, what that means at that time and, and, and you know, these days when you've... When you've had the injection they've had and the structure they've been given, sometimes you know if you if you're going to be harsh, you'd sometimes think maybe an extra five thousand fans at a game wouldn't be unreasonable to expect. Yeah, I mean it just takes time to kind of build that romance. Like hmm. you did have the Jared Healy, Greg Williams era, but that faded pretty quick when Edelston hmm. left, and then it was pretty barren. They got you know Barass up there, and look, I don't want to be know. controversial, but it's going to be a tough couple of years for the Swans, and maybe it's time for, to bring Jeffrey Edelston back. <laughs> The Swanettes? Yeah. Having said that, I just, he's not dead, is he? He's, uh, I mean, he's who knows? Still, I feel no, like he's been dead for the last yeah, 10 no, years. He, no, he's <laughs> still alive, isn't he? Yeah, he's still... I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think he's still alive. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the the vision, the the, the evidence when you look at him oh. <laughs> may tell you oh, otherwise. Oh, I'm sure he's married to some stripper Isn't right he now. still... He's ba- is he back with... I don't know. I don't really follow oh, the know. exploits of Jeffrey Edelston, the chick who walked naked through Melbourne. Yeah, not, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, I don't know. No. I mean, probably best left of history. What yeah. was it? Lynette. No, what was his first wife? The the glamorous one when he was... Oh, uh, yeah. Lynn Edelston? Yes, yeah. Oh, yes, no, yes. that was Bryn. I'm thinking of Bryn. There was Bryn. There was Bryn. There was Lynn and Bryn. Leanne? Leanne. Leanne. That's it. Jeff she was Leanne. The, she was the lady die. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Edelston's... Partners, she yeah. had all the grace. Yeah, yeah. And the if, Elton jo- if Elton John was going <laughs> to sing a eulogy to one of Jeffrey Edelston's partners, <laughs> goodbye, Leanne Edelston. Yeah. I mean, look, at least bring the pink helicopter back. It would be great to see Buddy. I'll tell you one other quick story about Swans royalty okay. before we, we get on to our you know, tips. Oh, mate, you, this is going to be great. Um, <laughs> We uh, Red Kite, a charity that I uh, yes. do work for, wonderful charity that provide financial assistance to families and who've got uh, kids going on the cancer journey. And we have a, an annual game at the SCG. Now, before participate in exactly, you have yeah. indeed. We, we have a little celebrity game. Uh, quick side note: if it's ever raining, uh, the mm. celebrity game becomes a shootout. Uh, just shoot. Are you for about golf to pot me? Competition. <laughs> and, uh, and I get the feeling you're going to pot me. You shoot from ten meters directly in front, thirty meters directly in front. If you if if you get the ten, if you get there, you go to thirty, then to fifty. Yep. And there was one year where you were the first person up, and uh, we'd been told you really got to hurry. It's in, and uh, you went in from uh, twenty meters out directly yeah, in front. I think you you might be flattering yourself. Oh come <laughs> off it! It wasn't ten. It was about twenty. Uh, look, here's the deal, right? In the warm up. In the in the indoor cricket nets, I was drilling them from all lacing angles, lacing them, lacing them, and I was so confident that for some reason, at the last minute, this is why you should stick to a routine because <laughs> I'd been sticking to my routine in the warm up. Then we got out there directly in front, twenty meters out, 
And for some reason, I turned to Joel Jackson and I was like, mate, I'm going to go for a torpedo. <laughs> I said, how can I miss? I'm 20 metres out directly in front. Let's give the fans what they want. I'll put this into the top tier. So I put it into the top motion and it just comes, slices right off the left boot and drills. I've never seen, even with the professional players on the ground, I've never seen a ball cannon into the point post. <laughs> So hard. Like, it was so loud. It almost Lee Matthews style snapped. snapped. But the crowd, because there might have been like 25,000 people there. I remember the crowd going, ooh, like I'd just seen a dude break his leg. And the best part about it was my manager was up in the stands watching. And so after the game, I've had a shower and I've gone up. And I was sitting with him and he looked like he'd seen a ghost. And I was like, what's wrong? And it's like, I was watching you in the warm-up. You're drilling him like, no problem. A drop punt. Why did you go for the torpedo? And I was like, I don't know. The entertainer in me. <laughs> of blood. At the time, your manager was on in the stands on the phone to yeah. a couple of clubs. Going, oh yeah. no, don't worry. <laughs> so it, the, in the previous, the, the very first year we did that, and uh, and Warwick Capper was good enough. Cap flew himself oh, down yeah. from Louise? the go- oh, yeah. flew himself down from the Gold Coast. Yeah, flew himself down from the Gold Coast to play at his own expense. <laughs> Lovely stuff, right? Turns up there, and uh, you know how. Uh, when you're a kid kicking in the little warm-up area out on the grass there. And if you take a mark, you'll call out the name of your favourite, you know. Yeah, buddy. And, and, and the ball, there's a ball that I'm sort of waiting under and uh, someone just this someone jumps in front of me and grabs it screaming out, Kappa! It was him. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> Kappa calls his own name when he takes a grab and then in the stands later, he's there in these leopard skin... <laughs> Tight sort of you know, athletic pants and a and a, a mate of mine who was there with us who doesn't know much about footy. I said, oh, "That's a that's go and say hi, go 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 and say hi." My mate goes over to Warwick Capper and says, hey, Warwick, my name's Alex. Lovely to meet you." Warwick, oh yeah, mate, how you going? Yeah, it's a bit of shit. So, what do you do with yourself, Alex? Yeah, great, great. So, I'm going to get you to give Alex's answer, and you're going to say, "Okay, I've just completed a PhD, okay, in petroleum engineering, okay, okay, so yeah." Oh, really? Yeah. So, Alexa, yeah. What are you doing with yourself, mate? Uh, I've just completed a PhD in petroleum engineering. Oh, really? Smart cunt like me, are you? <laughs> Literally, at that point, I saw, I saw my friend like that buckle <laughs> and, and just walk back holding his side, <laughs> cramping, like at that speed, at that boom. How is was uh, the whiz? How is he regarded amongst like the old the old school of, of of the Swannies? Is he welcome back with open arms, or is it sort of? I I don't I, mate, for that team in that era. He kicked he kicked a hundred yeah, goals he... one season with the Swans, and then followed it up with a ninety eight or something towards the end of the era where anyone kicked a hundred, mm. and in teams that weren't necessarily yeah they were reasonable teams, but yeah, like he, he I I don't think anyone can and in this celebrity game we played he's just run around like a bit of a dick but then he did take one mark on an impossible angle yeah never looked like missing it yeah just right it is amazing when you watch those legends games and stuff though like some player will be so out of shape like a Derek Kickett or yeah. something yeah. like that but they'll still have. The skills, like you can just sort of see, like it, they don't lose it; they lose all the other stuff. But the skills, the, and the muscle instinct. memory is still. And the great thing for them is that Legends game, because you're still visioning them back. That Legends game is being played at a pace where suddenly their skills can really. Yeah, yeah so like, exactly. I, no offense to Derek, I don't think you'd, if you ran on in your 22 these days, he'd probably struggle. Well, let's give Red Kite a bit more of a plug. So, out of all those Red Kite charity matches, yes. you, you ran. Were there any particular highlights or any hangers or very injuries fir- or controversies? Very first year we played, uh, uh, Will played. 
um, and uh, uh, back when his body was a bit more up to the task of contact football. And yeah. the two girls from Sister to Sister, Sister the Sister. pop act. Was that? Well, hang on. That, I pre, don't remember pre, those. Pre-Veronica's. Right. Two, sister, two, two sister. Yeah, yeah, two girls. What genre? <laughs> two sisters. Girl, girl like, pop. Like, but hip-hop. Okay, no, right. no, just real, real pop. Okay, okay sister uh, to and, sister. And... Lovely, were they related? Lovely girls. They were sisters. Okay, good. And they were, there's in the old numbers, they would not be over five foot. Okay, right? great. Shh, small girls. And uh, there's one moment there where one of them uh, had the ball and is mm. on the opposite team to Will. And Will leans out and really sort of gently, you know, grabs the, so, so grabs her arm and grabs the ball with the other arm. And he's just, you know, yeah. just going to just take the ball. And as he does that, someone sort of, clips Will from behind and he spins around while he's got his arm. And I was close enough to see what happened. He genuinely was trying to gently as he grabbed this five-foot girl and slung her into the ground. And being a a footy player of old, the instinct kicked in. He just suddenly had the ball and then kicked it on. So it, it could not have looked worse like Will's six three, yeah. six foot three guy yeah. has come in, monstered this thirty eight kilo girl, dispossessed her, the then hit someone up the middle, and then just had this look on his face as he realised what he'd done. It was just priceless. One year, uh, Shannon Knoll yeah. is uh, running through the middle, yeah. looking good. Doesn't hear the call of your hot, your hot. Gets laid out in a tackle by who? Guy Sebastian. Fantastic. Oh, the it was just, it was so, dude, I beat you at the Opera House. And now, I, and Guy Sebastian is a, is a nuggety athletic guy. Yeah. Adelaide boy, right? Polexed. Like, cut Knowles in half. Is Shannon Knoll is now from AFL Territory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shannon, right. Shannon okay, so he footy. should have had awareness. Shannon, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, mate, no. when Guy Sebastian comes from the clouds, the, there's nothing. Nothing you can do. God, it's a shame both times I took part in Red Card, it was rained out. I would love to get, like, ironed out by Daryl Summers yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's have a look at the games oh, coming up this weekend. The there's, week ahead. Well, I think there's a game tonight, but this probably won't go up till Friday morning. Apologies uh, for everyone who bases their weekly tips on the uh, two guys, one cup. And also don't panic because there is no game tonight. Isn't there? Oh, no. Okay, great. All right. I thought there was a game tonight. No. All right, brilliant. Can I... This, are we... Are we uh, Brought to you by Movement Watchers this week? No, no, okay. we have no sponsor at the okay. moment. We're brought to you by adamspencer.com. There you go, by the Hilton Hotel Group in oh, yeah. Sydney. <laughs> okay, so uh, tomorrow night, tonight, 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 uh, the Pies take on Port Adelaide at the MCG, no, at Marvel Stadium, uh, which should be an interesting game. It should be. Is it, it, They're an interesting lot, Port Adelaide, aren't they, this season? Because there would have mm. been reasons to think they were going to find it harder can't this trust year. Port Adelaide. Than a disappointing season last year. I can't see... Collingwood just look awesome. I think, they're yeah. my, I think I, they were my pre-season pick, and there's not a lot that has changed that for me, particularly with the injuries to Richmond. Uh, West Coast seem off the boil at the moment, and I reckon Collingwood are the informed team, especially... Well, do you... I mean, you come out of that Anzac Day game, which was just an absolute cracker, like one of the best ever mm. Anzac Day games, one of the best ever home and away games. Do you come out of that just like pumped or do you, are you flat after But I, that? I felt that was a game where Collingwood were the better mm. and Melbourne fought back hard. Oh, Essendon. Sorry, Essendon fought back hard, but yeah. Collingwood were the better of those two teams. They didn't, they didn't flip that You didn't think you taxed themselves. No. All right. Um, 
pies. You know what? I'm going to pick Port Adelaide Great. because I feel like the pies, after such an emotional big win with the booing and all that kind of stuff, they're going to be primed for an upset. And that's my... I've got to put the mic between my knees. That's my... Lock of the week. And that's an image. <laughs> you never want to... That's wanna... my image. I'm never going to burn off my retina. <laughs> you leaning forward. Tucking my mic between my knees. Hello. So I can clap my hands. Hello. All right. Saturday, the Demons take on the Hawks. This is at the MCG. Uh, very disappointing Melbourne against a very beaten up Hawthorne. 18th, 18th versus 11th. Oh, yeah. Fuck. People are now... See, people are now starting to say about Melbourne what I was saying for a long time. That but... they just... Just their shit. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's no team who last season. Yeah. There, there was no team who could monster a poor team, and then not turn up against a good team as much as Melbourne. I mean, oh, yeah, we, yeah. we played, we played Melbourne. Would last, you say Adam downhill skiers? But last, last year against Melbourne, we we beat them in Melbourne, and admittedly they didn't kick well, and we were probably lucky to get it. But we beat them. That was the the game, the horrible game that. Alex Johnson did his knee again. <clears throat> and in the first quarter, Nick Smith ripped his hammy off the bone and isn't back yet. So we lost two defenders in the first quarter, a game that if they'd won, they would have gone to fourth, having, before that game, not defeated a top eight side. Mm. Melbourne, Melbourne's year last year was overblown. They were massacring poor teams by hundreds of points. I don't think it was overblown. They, been, didn't, they, they played one decent re- home... They, played one, they went over to West Coast maybe yeah. with three rounds to go. They played one decent home and a game, home and away game all season. But I think it's the same. It's the same rationale you used for West Coast, which is no team that contains Max Gorn, Todd Viney, Clayton Oliver. You know, can be that bad. They've got so many guns. I think it's, is there a lack of toughness about them? It's between the years, mate. Another footy cliche. Yeah, there's just a lack of. They're, they're, when, when they when they think they're on and we're going to murder these guys. But who's the guy in Melbourne who throws his body on the grenade? And- uh, no, they've got a couple of those. Clayton Oliver and Todd Viney are both tough inside mids. Although, but they, they- Todd Viney, I'm not sure if you saw, you did, said you didn't see last week's games, no. but Sydney Stack, the little Richmond rookie, yes. he laid out Todd Viney, one of the, the most purest and sweetest hip and shoulders, like in the last five years. And they did that. That was Richmond's smallest player doing that to Melbourne's hardest player. And he went down. He had to yeah. get helped off the field. And I think yeah. it's sort of indicative of their season. Um, but should they beat Hawthorne, who have got a lot of injuries? Hawks just got over Carlton. They're limping along. They're just like an old boxer, aren't they, mm. Hawthorne? You just feel like they're, they're against the ropes and they're swaying and stuff, but they've just got so much knowledge. Maybe they can just land yeah. under the chin. They're like, a, they're, they're like a guy who's had several too many beers and knows the hotel he's staying in. <laughs> is just a, it's too close that any cab's going to drive him. Fuck, it's a couple of blocks further than he'd really like to walk. And he's just bouncing off shop windows, eventually going to get there. Yeah, Hawks for mine. <sighs> Look at you. I'll pick the Hawks as well. Okay. All right. Uh, Saturday afternoon, the Giants host St. Kilda at Canberra. Uh, Manuka Oval. Mm. Um, Saints on the rebound. Sometimes called Manuka. Oh, fuck. I always get that wrong. <laughs> uh, Saints, uh, many believe, came back to earth with a pretty disappointing loss against Adelaide. I could sort of see it coming. I think a lot of Saints fans felt like we had defied expectations to that point. Adelaide aren't nearly as bad as everyone made them out to be. A lot of people mm. tend to be top four. Uh, but the Giants are humming along, and um, it's hard to pick. I'm going to pick the Saints because I'm a loyalist, but I would not be surprised if I take my Saints hat off for a while. This is the kind of game where we could spook the Giants, and I'd like to see us win. Yep. Okay, I, I know the sense in which you mean that. Yes. 
Giants will win that by eight goals. <laughs> okay. On and don't, Saturday, don't worry, because you're about to return the favour to me on this game. <laughs> Saturday afternoon, up at the Gabatoire, the Lions take on a very weary Sydney Swans with no buddy, I believe, two weeks in a row. Yes, indeed. And it's fascinating, because for, for years... You've looked at the Lions, even up there as a, yeah, we'll just give us the four points. Last couple of years, Brisbane have played all right against us okay. in Brisbane and got a win against us in one of those games. Uh, I'd really, I'd be very, very proud of our boys. The situation <laughs> okay, there at the moment. This is the most, uh, this is like a politician speaking yeah, right yep. now, dodging the yep, question. Yep, yep. I just want to say exactly. That. Yeah. There is, first of all, there is no leadership challenge. <laughs> the leader has my unconditional support and uh, I'm confident that my, I'm, I'm confident I will be very proud of the effort my boys put in come siren time on Saturday. I mean, imagine if they win. Like, oh. How great would that be for the club? Like, it doesn't really matter if you don't win that many games. If you have a couple of wins like that against the odds, against a young upstart like that, away from home, we'll take that's that. enough to kind of like... We'll take that. Yeah, but I'm going to say the Lions yes. eight goals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Saturday night. <clears throat> okay, so let's... let's, let's uh, Let's let's bet between us a side bet of a beer <laughs> yeah. on a total margin, right? For which so, game? so so if if the Giants and the Lions, whatever the total margin, Oh, Giants and Saints and yeah, Lions yeah, yeah. and Swans, so, yeah, exactly. So you know, so if you, if you just say the Saints lose by thirty-one against the Giants and the Swans only lose by sixteen, I win the bet. Okay, sure. If the Saints win and the Swans lose, you win the bet. Yeah, so. yeah, but okay, but we're playing a much better team. So. But yeah. we are a bit no, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right, uh, the Bulldogs take on the Tigers on Saturday night mm. at Marvel Stadium. Mm. This is interesting. The Bulldogs weren't too bad last week. You probably didn't see that game either. They had a chance no, in the last in, in preparation for a two guys, one cup that I <laughs> yeah. didn't know I was doing, yeah. I saw no football apart from the Swans last week. Uh, and also, I have, a, I have a super... I never listen to your podcast after we've lost. Yeah, Because right. you don't want to listen to I us don't even want to hear this. I'm like, it makes no sense. Listen to the rest of the podcast, which is hilarious and fun, and just speed through the four minutes. No. Nah. No, nah, you won't do it. Because who knows when you I'm might like mention that. it. I don't consume any media after a loss. Nah. I find it really, really yeah. hard, especially yeah. after last season where every fucking second story was about how we're doomed. Um, look, you'd have to pick the, the Tigers on form, and I will. <laughs> uh, in honor, and given that I am representing Will here, I will pick the Bulldogs, and that, Charlie, is my... Ah, lock of the week. It's a much smarter way to do it. I did actually just revert you. Then you can just move the microphone down to your thigh and hit it with your hands. <laughs> Don't have to deflate as yourself. As to auto filating. Over at up the stadium, uh, oh. the West Coast Eagles host the Gold Coast Suns, and what is a perfect little fucking uh, punch up match for the Eagles? They've had a couple of really tough weeks. Their hardness has been questioned, so now they get a lovely little paper paper match. They just get to tear a team apart. This is it's an important game for the Eagles here because they you, won't lose. You, you, you've got to expect them to win it, but if they can't lose, I mean, I cannot foresee. I don't know if you've seen uh, the latest Avengers film, but Doctor Strange goes into the future and looks at 40, 14 million outcomes and can only see one in which the Avengers win. I don't even think there's that chance <laughs> of the you Suns. You don't think the Suns have a, a one, one in, 14, in million. 14 million. So, so unless Sportsbet is offering $15 million on the Suns, you're... You, <laughs> If, if, it's a, if sports bet's only offering nine and a half million, you won't, take it. you won't get on. <laughs> no way. The only time I've ever bet on a football game was the Swans Collingwood prelim in 2012, heading out to Homebush. We've had the week off. They're hurt, and we are solid favourites to go through and play the grand final next week. And I'm walking in, 
and I really want us to win this, and mm. I think we're going to win this, and I, God, I hope we'll win this. And I saw the odds they were offering on Collingwood were better than they should be for any team that's in a prelim, and I thought, how much money would I be, how much money would I be happy to throw in the bin if it meant the Swans were going to a grand, and if. If I had to lose a prelim, how much money would I want to walk out of here within my pocket? Yeah. And I put so I bet on Collingwood in that game yeah, for an good. amount of money. I think I put two hundred bucks on, mm. thinking, well, if I walk out with five hundred and eighty bucks, yeah. it won't hurt quite as much as. And yeah. I would happily throw two hundred dollars away if it meant we went to the grand final. Ding. That's what you're worth. That's yeah. what your heart's worth. Exactly. Five hundred eighty bucks. Yep. Yeah, you've got to go to the Eagles, don't you? Yes. Okay, on Sunday, uh, Carlton, Whoa. heartbroken Carlton against a very insipid North Melbourne. Oh. Shinbone of spirits and short supply at Arden Street uh, these days. What's the well's gone dry? I can't even do my uh, Crackers Keenan impression no. because <laughs> there's no Shinbone of spirit. In fact, where is Crackers? Get, crackers would get a game for them at the moment. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, the well is dry. Because they, they, they had quite a... a you say last year, they had a start to the season last yeah. year that was, but even then fell off. Well, the problem is is optics this year. They had an out of the box season last year where they finished ninth, and then they brought in a couple of high profile, high priced uh, trades, and everyone expected them to be the nat- natural graduation. But if you look at the competition over the last five years, Port Adelaide, Melbourne teams. It seem like they're ready and then they're not. Like, mm. everyone just needs to chill the fuck out. Man, mm. I don't know. I haven't seen enough North Games because no one watches no. <laughs> North Games to know what their real problems are. And uh, the other thing I find that's the other thing I find fascinating about North, and I'm going to upset oh, yeah. both North fans who listen to this, but they North combine that, that arrogance and swagger of a traditional Melbourne club and everything they think deserve comes with that. With nothing to back it up, like no, well, no. not the financial status to back it up, no. not the membership yeah. numbers to back it up, they, well, what not they, the crowds. The swagger to back- came from being the shin boners. I mean, they basically had two dominant eras in the seventies and then the nineties with Wayne mm. Carey, and they were amazing teams in those mm. eras. But that's where the swagger sort of comes from. Is that yeah? Look, we are the the, the, the little what is it? The little train that could. I, yeah, I yeah. Don't, my children's books aren't great. Yes, <laughs> great. But they just they just seem uninspired this year. Carlton, on the other hand, although big game for Carlton, they've seemed looked exciting. They've been in most games this year. But this is the kind of game that they'll fucking lose, and then Brendan Bolton will have to front the media. I'm mm. going to pick North in this game. I don't know why. Um, given they're both teams currently on the same win loss as the Swans, and I'm picking the Swans to beat the Lions, I'm tipping a draw in this one, Charlie. Oh fuck! That must be our first draw tip for the season. If they only get two points each and we win. We move one further spot up the ladder. Okay, on Sunday afternoon, the Cats host Essendon. Probably the match of the round, would you say? Gee, it's, it's more f- than Port and Collingwood, probably. Yeah. First, if is no Giants St Kilda's probably a match of the round. Mm, in terms of how close the teams are, as a mathematician, I cannot stomach first versus tenth <laughs> yeah. being match of the yes, round. Yes, mate, but it's not a look. They're essentially third on the ladder, Essendon. Mm. Equal wins. So, look. Um, Cats are just so impressive this year. It's so fucking annoying. The Cats have managed to do what the Swans haven't, which is mm. regenerate. Mm. I don't know how they did it. Well, they got Gary Ron. We should probably just take a moment to talk about yes, and that's a much maligned player. Oh. I mean, you always defended him to me. I, yeah. was, I was never a fan. Well, no, it wasn't that I was never a fan of Gary Ron. I just didn't know what his purpose was. Yeah. I didn't understand why he was... I couldn't be happier for Gary. I think Gary is also one of the great confidence players. Right. You stop the clock after three minutes of a game. If Gary Rowan's fumbled one, and being caught holding the ball, he can be very, very quiet, right. sometimes on a big stage. If the first time Gary touches the ball, his laces out and he kicks a goal, 
than just. But this is. But I think I agree. But I think that's what's changed about his game this year. Now he's like a. T- t- I mean, he's always had the skills and the speed and the nous, but he's a dependable forward now. He's not that kind of flashy half forward flanker who does a cameo. He's getting like high possessions, and he's actually he's an amazing man. It's like a different player. He's main man. Go him and his wonderful partner. Uh, had a, a, a tragic event uh, happen mm. to them with a, a, a child that they you know, knew wasn't going to live very long and all that. But it's the perfect time to go to a new club, go yeah. home, be around family, be happy, realise what matters. And I could, except when he plays us, I, <laughs> I couldn't wish, you know, if, if, if the season doesn't work out for the Swans and I saw Gary Rowan with a premiership medal, yeah. I'd be pretty relaxed about that. Cats for mine. Yeah, absolutely. Last game of the round. The Adelaide Crows host a frighteningly good Fremantle Dockers. Who would have fucking thought that Ross the Boss, in the last couple of years, with all the shit he's copped and all the shit that Nat Fife's copped, they're looking fucking good. Mm. They beat GWS over here. They've held fort at home. Um, this could be a good game. I think we played Adelaide back into form last week, and now they're going to be back at their home crowd, Sunday night footy, maybe Eddie... Two games after two games after his three hundredth, we'll find that magic again. He'll be quite. <laughs> two games after his three hundredth. Well, because he lit up, he lit up the Adelaide Oval on his three hundredth. Yeah, then he true. had a quiet game against us. So then it's like, well, maybe now he's back home. Maybe Eddie's now at that stage of his career where he only plays well at home. Right. <laughs> doesn't like doesn't like to travel. My mum, as she got older, didn't really like to leave the neighbourhood, okay. the suburbs. She, she was good at home. She was good, mate. Gee, she was... Oh, we we got to Eileen's pocket. Yeah, yeah. You could <laughs> you kitchen. could never can add Eileen after a quiet week. <laughs> yeah. She would bounce back. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pick the Dockers. No, I'm not. I'm going to pick the Crows. I changed that. I just had a precognition moment, and I and I saw Tex Walker dominating. Uh, it's the Crows for me. It's an interesting game. I don't. Th- I can't realistically see either of these teams finishing top four, um, and 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 really at the point end of the season. But there's genuine top eight spots up for these teams, and yeah. and it would be a big part of their forward journey. Yeah, I can't see a reason not to pick Adelaide. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I can. I can see lots of reasons. For yeah. your own good form, but I'll leave you to it, mate. And, and to be honest... <laughs> There's nothing on, nothing at stake. I don't know why I'm calling yeah, you. Yeah, and, and I, you'd probably struggle to construct a game I cared less about. <laughs> Did you not see who North was? Was it North Melbourne and fucking... Carlton. Carlton? No, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be happier about seeing North Melbourne lose. Okay. Ooh. I really don't care. Is this uh, stem back to like 97 96, or something? 96, yeah, 96. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's just something. There's, I've there's, never heard anyone hate North Melbourne before. No, there's just, but there's just a. There's, there's, it's like hating Tom Hanks. No, that, well, I, no, yeah. All right. Yeah, Jesus. I'm not a big fan. No, there's, 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 there's something about. There's just, a, there is a genuine sense of entitlement on behalf of all the Melbourne based teams. Oh, yeah. That, 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 that until you've supported a team. In a completely non-AFL town, who've pulled themselves up by the bootstraps, you just don't get oh, like the, the whole bootstraps. like the Anzac thing is amazing and all that. But just the just the thought that there are two teams who have the right every year, you know, there's going to be to like, be a part of the official commemoration. So many like Victorian listeners to this show go yeah. listen to this fucking Sydney Bring supporter. It. Bring it on! Oh my god, uh, yeah. the animosity! Yeah, yeah, they have. Your bootstraps, <laughs> mate. You're propped up for mate, twenty plus years. I remember a couple. I remember cola. A, I remember a, the Riverina. What are you talking about? Pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. I remember a few years ago when uh, the Swans. Eddie Maguire is having a bloody heart attack yeah, right now. But the Swans, because I'm sure he listens. Uh, the, Swan, <laughs> the, the Swans had a game. Uh, we we went down to Melbourne and and played poorly and lost by seventy odd at a time when Melbourne had not been great for a long time. 
and that Melbourne, Melbourne were up and about about it. And there was something in the media that week saying, you know, if Melbourne can stitch together another, after a brutal four or five years, if Melbourne can stitch another couple of wins together like this this season, they'll go back up above 50,000 members and blah, blah. And at the time, the Swans were on 30,000 members. I remember thinking that if you, if, if you are just gifted, if you can play that badly for that long <laughs> and be two wins away from 50,000 members, you just don't even understand the extra couple of million dollars you're given each year and told, go and have a bit of fun with this. Mm. And, and you can't spend it on players, but everything else that is spent on. And in the case of North Melbourne, that's probably a harsh call, but just the sense of in of entitlement that the, the the rarefied nature oh, mate mate just the, are you looking in a mirror or what you what you, you're kidding me aren't you look, look, look. look this seems like we've come to the end of the podcast we've just hit the juicy part of the conversation we might have to we might have to take this to another podcast but no I, 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 no look i'm just i'm just i'm just fucking with you it is the perception though that is what most people grumble about with the expansion teams and i know you're not you were south melbourne before sydney but there yeah, is yeah i think there's that, i think there's a case that you can look at the the financial and the, and the drafting and all that that, say, a GWS has had and the yeah. ongoing financial propping up of them and the Gold Coast, I don't think Sydney's in anywhere near the same boat. As you would have been in the 90s for sure. Oh, absolutely. When you but, got Ron Barassi and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but you can't, I don't think you can go back almost 30 years to a non-professional oh, era. Fucking football fans and, have long memories. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You hold something against North Melbourne that was 23 years ago. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we probably need to wrap this up, yeah, we Charlie. We've both got so. places. <laughs> All right. So uh, we, uh, we like to sign off with our uh, favourite uh, umpiring cliches. Um, uh, I'm going to say play on, not 15, and you can say... Free kick, anyone but Sydney. <laughs> we are two guys, one 